Well, good morning, everyone. Good to have you here today. Glad that you have chosen to join us. Would you uh, give our worship team a quick thank you for guiding us today? And they'll be back up in in just a little bit. Um, I wanted to give you a quick update from something we talked about last week. Uh, If you were here with us last week, you heard us uh, teaching through Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and the issues that we have with trusting God and what God says in Scripture about trusting Him above all else. And then I shared a little bit about a trust issue in my own life and, and something's happening in my family related to my wife's health. And I just want to give you an update on that. Uh, my wife, Tammy, her health uh, went down, um, let's see, not Friday, but a week ago Friday. And for those of you who aren't aware, my wife battles chronic Lyme's disease as well as two of my kids. And so my wife's been in bed for most of last week. And she's in bed this morning again, having some, some pain issues. And um, so continue to pray for her. I ask you to, to continue to do that on a regular basis, if you would, for my wife and, and my kids as we watch God do what only God can do. And um, God has this in our lives at this point for a reason. And we are in contact with our doctor up in Washington, D.C., and um, we've got some new medicine that we're going to be trying and, and just seeing what God does with that on that journey. So I wanted to thank you for the prayers and support that you've provided to our family. Um, it's been really cool. We've got a lot of, of really neat, positive encouragement from you and prayers and people brought meals over and it's just been really cool. Um, you know, I always kind of hate being the one kind of in that position of need. I'd rather like go help somebody else in their position of need. Uh, but it's a really cool thing to be connected with a group of people that will love on you in those moments when things aren't going so well. And that's why I encourage people to get plugged into a small group. You, know, you get into a small group and your world kind of starts falling apart in a moment and you've got people around you that can rally around you and support you, encourage you, and cheer you on. And you know, maybe they can't fix the issues in your world, but maybe they can just be there to listen. And maybe they can be there to help and maybe provide a meal. Um, it's just a really cool thing. So thank you for that. And uh, thanks for just continuing to pray for us on the journey that we are on. Now today we're going to wrap up our direction series. And over the past few weeks, we have been exploring some of the paths that we travel in life. And we've been exploring some of the guiding principles that help guide us as we travel those paths. And one of those guiding principles is this. Direction always determines destination. Direction always determines destination. So the direction that we travel in life will always determine where we end up. And we get that when we're driving around. We understand that if you got to travel to Georgia, you got to head north, right? If you want to get there, you can't travel south and get to Georgia. So we understand that when we're driving around, but we don't always see how that principle applies to our lives when we're on other paths that we travel. Now, our theme verse for this series has been Proverbs 22.3, which says, a prudent person, or you could say a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So in life, there are wise people and there are simple people. Wise people are always on the lookout for danger. They're always on the lookout for something that might come along on the path that lies ahead of them that might be a dangerous thing. And they either take precautions as they see that thing or they head down a whole new path 
Simple people, on the other hand, pay no attention to any danger that comes their way. They just walk blindly towards it, and that verse says they suffer consequences for that. Now, last week, we all raised our hands that were here and admitted that at one point or another on our lives, we have been simple people. We have been the simpleton. We all have walked down a path that has led us away from God in a direction that we should not have gone and led us to a place that we knew we should not have been at. But we've all done that at one point or another in our lives. And we read Second uh, Samuel 14, 14, which says, God devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. So no matter where we've gone, no matter how far away we've traveled from God, no matter what destination that we've ended up at, God is always devising ways to bring us back into a relationship with him. Now, today, God is going to stretch us a little bit when it comes to the message that we're going to look at today. He's going to challenge us to do something that I think is going to pull us out of our comfort zone, something that most of us are not really comfortable with. So I hope that you got your like stretchy pants on today and you're ready to be, you know, stretched a little bit. So grab your Bibles and turn over to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 page 485 in our paperback Bibles. Proverbs chapter 7 is written by the wisest man who's ever lived. And we looked at some of his writing last week. This is Solomon, guy we explored when we were looking at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And Solomon today is going to tell us about uh, a dangerous path that some people travel. And this is just a, a, a path that illustrates there are many paths out there that are dangerous that people can travel. But Solomon is going to kind of walk us down what it looks like for someone to walk down a path away from God. And then a guy by the name of Paul is going to um, challenge us to do something about that, to do something when we see someone else heading down a path that they should not be heading down. So in Proverbs chapter 7, we have Solomon telling us a story of a young man walking down a path. We're not sure if this is an, a true story or if it's just a story that's illustrating the principle that he is trying to teach. But we're going to start in verse 6. So Proverbs 7, starting in verse 6. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain... I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. Now, it doesn't take a Bible scholar to figure out which direction we're headed with this story. So we have a young man, we have a simple young man who is walking down a path that he should not be walking down. He's walking down this, this path at night as night is setting in. And this guy is, is ready. You know, he's ready for a night on the town. And he, in the background of his mind, he hears the theme music of his life playing. Born to be wild. Yeah, that's it. That's the stuff. I mean, this is his moment. I mean, he's excited. He's jazzed. He's walking down this path, and he hears his music. He's, he's excited. Now, 
Solomon is up in the window and he's looking down on this path. He's watching this unfold and he too hears some music in the background. So Solomon knows trouble lies ahead for this young man. So there's this huge difference between what this young man is seeing on the path that he's on and what the older, wiser Solomon is seeing from his perspective. So this young guy is seeing this as an exciting event, an exciting moment. And Solomon says, no, this is a path. And it's leading to a really bad destination. So verse 10 The woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him. And with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. Now you may hear that and go, well, that doesn't mean a whole lot to us. What is she saying? Well, what she's saying here is, I have been to the temple, and I have squared everything away with God. I took my big bucket of sin up to the altar, and I dumped my bucket out on the altar. God forgave me of all that. Now I've got this big bucket, and it's empty, and I'm ready to fill it up again with you. (laughs) This is exciting. All right? So... Those of us who come from a Catholic background or a Protestant background, you kind of understand a little bit maybe what she's saying. Both Protestants and Catholics have this game that we like to play with God. For practicing Catholics, what what they generally do is we'll go in to see a priest, um, bring their bucket of sins with them to a confessional, uh, dump their bucket out, go through the confessional, a few Hail Marys or whatever the priest recommends in that moment, and they walk out with an empty bucket, ready to fill it up again. And Protestants do basically the same thing. We just leave the priest out. So we just come to God, and we take our bucket up to him, and we kind of dump it out and confess these sins to him. And we've been told that if you confess your sins to God, he's going to forgive you of those sins. And that's true, because that's what the Bible says. But sometimes then we think, well, we can just rush back out with our bucket, and it's empty. And we can fill it up any way we want, because we found the loophole. We found the loophole in our relationship with God, that all we have to do is confess to God, and he has to forgive us. And it doesn't matter whether we're sincere or not. We can live in any way we want. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what God wants us to do. But in this story, this is what this woman is doing. This is the loophole she thinks she's found. This is a game she's playing with God. So this woman thinks she's squared away with God and she is ready for some fun. Now listen to what she says in verse 15. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you And here you are. Now in the Bible, when something is repeated uh, several times in a row like that, it's like putting an exclamation point behind the end of a sentence. But in this case, it's almost like putting three exclamation points at the end of a sentence. So this woman focuses all of her energy at trying to capture this young man's attention. She continues in verse 16. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, 
Let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip, and he's taken his wallet full of money with him, and he won't return until later this month. And the young guy's thinking, well, I was assuming your husband's not here, but thanks for clarifying that for me. And he's feeling like a rock star. You know, he's feeling like this woman is throwing herself at him. This is like a, a wildest fantasy come true for this young man in this moment. This, you know, he's the man. This is his moment. And the soundtrack of his life gets cranked up to full volume. Verse 21. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. And he followed her at once. So she captured his attention. She captured his full attention. See, this woman understands the principle that guides us on the paths that we travel. She knows if you capture someone's attention, they follow in that direction. Again, it's an example of these principles at work. Direction always determines destination. And what we allow to capture our attention determines the direction that we head in life. So the older, wiser Solomon, looking down from the window, he says in verse 22, he followed her like an ox going to slaughter. What do you mean an ox going to slaughter? I'm like a professional athlete at the top of my game. Do you see what's happening here? No, you're like a deer caught in a trap waiting for the hunter's arrow to pierce its heart. You got this all wrong, old man, up in the window. I mean, you're just like, you're living in the old days. I mean, this is my moment. I mean, I'm like a rock star in my own music video. Don't you hear the music? Yeah, I hear the music. No, you're like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it will cost you your life. No way, old man. I mean, this is my moment. No, this is a path. It's a path you're on. It's leading to a specific destination. So in verse 24, Solomon pulls out of this story and he talks directly to us. He says, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. So Solomon says, this isn't an event. This is a path, it's leading in a direction, and you're not unique. You know, this isn't just you walking down this path. There have been many people have walked, that have walked down this path, and they have found that it has always led to the same place, because it doesn't lead anywhere else. So you're not unique. This isn't just a special thing for you. A lot of people have walked this road and found themselves at a bad destination. Now, in our own lives, we all have seen people walk down paths that they shouldn't walk down. You flip on the news and watch for five minutes and you'll watch the consequences of someone walking down a path that they should not have been on. And usually we're looking at, they arrived at a really bad destination and they are suffering some consequences or are about to suffer some great consequences. And in our own lives, we've even seen people that we love walk down paths that they shouldn't walk down. And those are some real difficult moments for us. 
You know, it's difficult to be in that position of Solomon, watching someone else walk in a direction they should not walk because we know that danger lies ahead for them. We know consequences are out there that they will experience and they will be painful consequences. And it's tough to, to not be able to just grab them and get them on a good path, but to just watch them head in this direction. You know, sometimes it's a whole lot easier for us to see into someone else's life and to um, have a great perspective on their path than they have on their own path. And the reason is, is we have a chance to um, be like Solomon sometimes, where we're in a different, pers- um, different position, seeing their path from a different perspective, We're not wrapped up in the emotions of the moment. We're not there in the confusion of the path where they're not sure which direction to go. And we're we're distanced from it a little bit and we can look onto that path and we can speak into that path a little bit. And the reverse is also true. Sometimes on the path that we are on, it gets difficult. It gets hard to see which direction to go and what to do. And somebody else on the outside of our path can look in and speak into that. The reason for that, the reason it's so difficult sometimes for us to see those things on the path that we're on is that we all have blind spots. So no, I'm not an Allstate uh, representative at all through this series. We've shown a number of their commercials just for the fun of it, and they, they kind of help in the, in the storyline. But we all have blind spots. We all have spots in our lives that we can't see. We all have areas that, you know, we can see, you know, visibly a good portion of around our world, but there are some spots that we're just not really sure what's going on there because we can't see those things well. And that's why we said last week that we need each other. We need other people on our path. God never planned for us to be the Lone Ranger Christians out there. It was not part of his plan. A Lone Ranger Christian will become consumed by the enemy because there are so many blind spots out there. They're an easy target. It's why we need each other, to be around each other, to support each other, encourage each other, to point out some things maybe that we can't see on the journey that we're on. Sometimes you're going to be like Solomon for someone else. Sometimes you're going to be able to see into their story and speak into their story something that they can't see. And you can warn them about something that's heading their direction. And other times, people can be like Solomon for us, where they can speak into our lives and let us know, hey, danger lies ahead. I see something coming. You may not see it, but I see it coming. And I want to speak that to you. But what do we do in those situations? What do you do when you're like a Solomon and you watch someone head down a path that they shouldn't be on? I mean, do you, do you just sit there and, and watch? Do you try to intervene? What do you do? What would you do if you found yourself in a situation like this? Hey, man, how's it going? How you been? Um, I've, I've been all right. I'm good. Good, man. Good. Haven't seen you at the gym lately. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been a little busy lately. Gotcha. That's cool. Hey, man, I was thinking about catching a movie later on. Uh, you got any plans tonight? Um, yeah, actually, um, remember that girl, Sarah, from high school? Yeah, I remember Sarah. So you guys are hanging out? Um, yeah, you could say that. Wasn't she a little on the wild side in high school? Uh, a little, didn't you say you were done with those days? Well, it, 
it's cool, man. It's, we're just hanging out. It's no big deal. Wow, so this is awkward. What am I supposed to do? Just hanging out doesn't mean just hanging out with this girl. He's a really good guy. We used to be really good friends. He was never like this. I could confront him and tell him he's being an absolute idiot, but I'm not perfect. Or I could say, hey, it was good seeing you. Have a good weekend. But there's a... There's something in the Bible that says when somebody ventures off God's plan that we need to direct them back to God. Man, I hate confronting people. But he's a good guy. I don't want him to ruin his life over this girl. God, you got to help me. What should I do? So what do you do in a situation like that? You know, if you found yourself you know, interacting with someone that you know is headed in a direction that they shouldn't go, how do you handle that? You know, what, what do we do? Listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So first, Paul tells us that we should reach out to believers who are off track with God. So if you are a Christ follower and you see another Christ follower heading down a path that leads in a bad direction, God wants you to do something about that. God wants you to intervene in their life. God doesn't want us to just sit by and kind of watch. He doesn't want you to you know, nudge your best friend and say, hey, watch this. This is going to be fun. This guy's about to blow up his life. <laughs> God wants you to do something. He wants you to talk directly to that person. You know, we're, we're pretty good about talking to other people about it. Do you know what's going on in John's life? Do you know what's going on in Bob's life? Do you know what's going on in so-and-so's life? But God wants us to talk directly to the person that we need to talk to, the person that's heading off track with him. Now, the next part of that verse says, if you see another believer who is overcome by some sin. So we have to focus on a sin issue here. This is not your moment to get out your soapbox and step on your soapbox and talk about your pet peeves. This isn't that moment for you to say, you know what? I need, I'm really concerned for you and I need to talk to you about this path that you're headed down. It's a really dangerous path. I'm really concerned about how you chew your food. You know, you chew with your mouth open, and it's really grotesque. And I know you probably can't see it at this point in your life, but if you continue down this path, one day you're going to be all alone eating in a restaurant. No one's going to want to be with you. And mothers are going to cover their kids' eyes and turn their heads away because you are grotesque. So obviously, that's a pet peeve. It's not a sin issue. So we need to focus on sin issues, issues that are taking that person down a dangerous path away from God. Now, the next part says, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right track. Now, I don't know a whole lot of people, if I were to say, all right, raise your hands if you're godly. I don't know a whole lot of folks that feel like they fit that category, much less myself a lot of times. But 
the meaning behind this word, the idea behind this word godly here in this context is people who have a real interest in growing to be more like Jesus. People that are saying, you know, I'm on this path with God and I'm not perfect, but I am, I am headed towards a relationship with God to become more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus every day. Every day I get up, I'm on this path and I work regularly to become more like Jesus and to get things out of my life that need to be out of my life. And people who are open to someone else speaking truth into their world. Say, you know what? I know I'm not perfect. Somebody else sees something in my life that, that I may be a little bit off track with. I'm open. Speak that to me. And I'll make some adjustments in my life and stay on track with God. So that's the type of person that's being talked about in, this, in the context here of this verse. So if you have no interest in becoming like Jesus, guess what? You're off the hook. Don't go talk to anybody else about being off track with God. But if you want to grow in your relationship with God, a part of that growth comes from helping other people stay on track with God. Now, the next part says, those who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So the key words in this section are gently and humbly. Some people have no problem telling others when they're off track in life. You know, some people love to point out other people's faults and uh, actually kind of enjoy it, get a you know, little bit of adrenaline rush from that. If that's you, you're in no position to talk to somebody else about them drifting off of a path with God. You need to take a look at yourself first. Um, our motivation to help someone else should always be for them to live the life that God designed for them, for them to become more like Jesus. That should be our motivation as we talk to people. It's not our, our moment to voice our opinion. It's not our moment to step on our soapbox. It's not our moment to talk about our pet peeve or to kind of show that we know a little bit more of the Bible than they know. None of that. God says, be careful, be gentle and humble when you try to point someone else back to God. Now, the next part of that verse tells us why we should do that. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So when confronting someone who's off track with God, there is a great um, chance that we will face the exact same issue that they're facing or something very similar. So when we're trying to speak into someone else's life, God says, be careful. You could end up going down the same path that they're on. Now, it may not be the exact issue, it may not be the exact specific thing that they're dealing with, but it could lead you to a path that leads in a really bad direction if you're not careful, if you're not looking at your own life. Now, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 about this. Verse 3, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So we need to take a look at our own lives. We need to examine our lives closely before we go talk to anybody else about being off track with God. All right, so what do we do with this information? This is kind of the so what moment. So what do we do now? We've heard this information. What should we do? I know what I would like to do with it, and that's nothing. 
because I'm kind of like uh, Cody in the skit up here this morning. I don't like to confront people about anything. I don't want to go confront somebody about being off track with God, but I do for several reasons. One is I want to become more like Jesus. This is something Jesus tells us to do. It's a way that we can help other people become more like Jesus. And so God asks us to do this. And I want to do everything that God asks me to do in scripture. I want people around me, kind of close to me at Epic or in my life, to be able to say, you know what? Trent cared enough about me to point out something that he saw or thought he saw in a moment that I might have been headed in a direction that wasn't a great direction. He cared enough about me to say something about that. You know, as I look back, it wasn't a great conversation, a little bit awkward. You know, those moments are always awkward. But I'm glad that Trent cared more about me than he cared about his own comfort. You know, the reality for me is that I want people around me to care more about me staying on track with God than their own comfort. I'd rather people around me come up to me and say, listen, I got got to point something out. You may not see it, but I want to point something out to you because there are moments that, that I can get off track with God and I need people around me to speak truth to me in those moments. And I think one day when we're in God's presence, I think one of the questions that God is going to ask us is why did you not help more people? to stay on track with me? Why did you just say, you know what? It was their life. I just let them live their own life and do their own thing. Why did you say that? Why didn't you do more? We will stare into the eyes of a holy God and have to answer that question. How will you answer that question? So as we kind of close this morning, I would like you to think of that person in your life. You're kind of like the Solomon person in that Solomon position And I'd like you to think of that person that's walking down a path that that you know is not good or a path that you think, you know, and I'm not exactly sure what's going on in their world, but it looks like they're headed in a bad direction. Will you care enough about them to gently and humbly point them back towards Jesus? Will you care enough about them to examine your own life before you do. Make sure you're on track and make sure you get the log out of your own eye before you go try to get the speck out of somebody else's eye. Will you care enough about them to say something and ask God to provide the timing, ask God to provide you the words to go and talk to them? Now, I'm going to pray in just a moment. Our worship team's going to come up and they're going to guide us in a closing song called Lead Me to the Cross. And as they're singing this song and we're singing with them, I encourage you to think about that person that you need to lead to the cross, that you need to point back towards Jesus. Pray for them in this moment as you're singing. And then ask God to give you some clarity, direction, and opportunities this week to talk to them before the week is through. Let's pray together. Lord, this is a real difficult subject that that we've tackled today. Lord, it really stretches us and challenges us to, to do things, Lord, that many of us are just not comfortable doing. And yet, Lord, we find it in Scripture. Galatians 6 tells us that we need to do something. We can't just watch, sit on the sidelines and watch as people head down a path away from you. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us boldness. Lord, I pray that we would examine our own lives, 
make sure we're on track with you before we talk to somebody else. And then as we examine our own lives and get our own lives in tune with you, Lord, that we would, from your boldness, step out and lovingly, gently, and humbly point other people back towards you. Lord, you provide many opportunities for us to do that. You care very much about those people who are headed in a direction away from you, and you've placed us in their lives to point them in a direction back towards you. So Lord, I pray that we would respond to the many opportunities that you provide us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I just have a few announcements, but, you know, I just want to, you know, let you all know, just, I wouldn't be the person who I am if someone didn't gently and humbly approach me earlier in my life. And so, what does God want for us, you know? He comes to us in many different ways, and how many times have, has he come through a person to gently and humbly approach us to get us back on the path that he desires? So just be praying about who might be in your life. Uh, that God would love to gently and humbly use you to uh, push someone towards him. And so be praying about that. Well, I just have a few announcements. Next week is Father's Day, so there's your warning, ladies. So uh, get some cards ready there. Um, we are also going to be having a child dedication. We did one several weeks ago during Mother's Day. So if you have a child here at Epic, we dedicate children to the Lord. Really, ultimately, we dedicate uh, the parents to God to raise that child uh, in his ways. So if you would like to dedicate your child or dedicate yourself uh, in raising your child, uh, then sign up online at theepicchurch.com and uh, let us know that you would like to do that as well. And then next week... Um, our uh, student ministry, Surge, is going to be participating in the 4th of July parade here in Palm Coast, and they're going to be throwing out candy and letting people know about Surge and letting people know about Epic, and we need your help. Um, they're going to be tossing out tons of candy, so if you'd like to donate some candy, some hard candy, stuff that doesn't melt in this uh, blistering weather, um, just bring it next week. Somebody will be out front. Surge will be collecting that, and so if you want to do that and help out in that way, you can as well. And then also, we always talk about uh, getting involved at Epic, and through our times, through our talents, we have uh, trips going to Guatemala, Costa Rica, uh, but another way that God would love for us to honor Him is through giving. And if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give online, or you can give through our giving boxes, one located here, and then one also in the lobby as well. And then uh, before we take off and meet and greet and everybody, uh, Brandon has one thing that he'd like to say. Uh, about a year ago, I actually started um, praying for something, and and it was for a drummer. We we just needed a few more people in the band. It was at a time when our worship team was growing, and we just needed some extra help. And God answered that prayer a few months ago when He sent us a guy named Kent that I that I happened to meet who got to come and hang out with us. Um, so Kent, if you could stand up and come up here for just for a second, I was actually planning on doing this next week, but. But Kent uh, ha feels led by God to, to head out to California, actually, and he's going to go to a worship university. So he's going to be learning just some details and just how to, to, to grow closer to God through worship and to lead people in worship. And he's done a great job for us, helping us, and just helping us lead worship. So let's just give him a hand real quick. Oh. <laughs> 
And I would like to pray for him because he's about to embark on a, on a big journey. So let's pray for him. God, thank you for Kent. God, thank you for his heart. Thank you for the talent, God, that you've blessed him with. God, he feels called by you, God, to, to learn more about worship. And I pray that you open up his heart. And God, as he goes out to California to spend a month, God, training um, from some awesome worship leaders in our country that write a lot of the songs that we even sing here on Sundays, God. I pray that you would just pour out your spirit upon him, God, that you would bless his life, God, that you would fill his needs. I know it's going to be hard um, to be away from family, God, to be away from his friends. So I pray that you bring new people around him to surround him and lift him up in this time. God, just open up his heart for his path, God, that you would have him on right now for his direction. God, that you would lead him in this time. God, so thank you so much just for his service to you. And God, we ask that you bless him and his family. Keep him safe. Bring, us back to him, uh, bring him back to us safely. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, guys. See you later.